Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. We're starting a brand new series, Flipping Tables. Come on. I love that. Welcome home. Welcome to your house, most importantly. Welcome to God's house. So good to be home. We just, my wife and I just got back from Cuba. We made a few friends there. And uh, yeah, so I just want to say hi to all our Cuban friends that are watching online now. Isn't that cool? Our family goes so much further. So Marco, hi. Thanks for taking the time to join us. And he's part of our family. Turns out we have victory churches in Cuba. I didn't know that. So there you go. (laughs) We're everywhere. Anyways. Um, I'm sure some of you have come in with some things that you'd like to leave behind today. So we want to we wanna create that space and that place uh, for you. You know, I think there's some of us that even in this season where we'd all say that, hey, you know what? Enough is enough. <laughs> I think we want to do our own flipping, our own turning over of things. And, and there is a way to do that. There is a right way to do that. And I've, I've entitled this message today, What Gives? So why don't you turn to at least two people and just ask them, what gives? What gives? Come on. It's time to turn a few things upside down and turn a few things around. Let's be honest, there's things even right now in society that appear to be upright, but they're not really sturdy. Come on, I wouldn't lean on that. I wouldn't put my trust in that. I wouldn't put my weight on that. You know, Jesus, he was in the business of flipping things. He had flipped and turned over a lot of things. He flipped the image of leadership. He flipped the tables of wealth. He turned over uh, the hurting into healing, lust into love, pain into purpose, religion into relationship. And he flipped the tables of greed into generosity. In this series, we're going to be focusing on our response and our responsibility. Don't look to your neighbor. We each have a response and a responsibility when it comes to turning things over. If you can agree with me that there are a few things that could use some flipping. (laughs) Careful now. This series for you. I want to go into the book of Matthew uh, 21. So if you've got your Bibles with you, you can turn to Matthew 21. Uh, if you've got your version app, you can go to that. My notes are on there as well. And please, again, take them, share them, um, make them your own. But in Matthew 21, the part that I want to get to is right after Jesus comes into Jerusalem riding on a Harley. No, he came riding in on a donkey. That's my version. Actually, he did the donkey, you know, because of an act of humility. So maybe he'd come riding in on a Honda. But hey, sorry. <laughs> oh, now I got your attention. Okay, but anyway, Jesus comes riding in on, on this donkey, and it was prophesied in Zechariah 9.9, this is the way he'd come, this is the way he'd approach, and, and, and the people are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, and Hosanna means save, and I think all of us in any season, we need some saving, and, and the thing that we probably need saving most from is ourselves. And Jesus is coming in and the kids are shouting it. Everyone's shouting it. They're taking palm trees. And I saw a lot of palm branches in Cuba. I tried to take some back with me. It didn't work. But 
they're laying down these palm trees and they're laying down their coats shouting Hosanna. There are those that are going before him and those that are following him and they're all shouting Hosanna. But the key thing to know is Christ is always in the center. He is the reason for everything we do. He's the reason that we are generous. He's the reason we wake up and he's the reason that we get to be forgiven and given a new day every morning because his mercies are made new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And by the way, there's just to remind you, Rick would always remind us, today is the day the Lord has made. <laughs> Today's the day. Forget, you know, yesterday was yesterday. Today's the day the Lord has made. What will we do about it? Rejoice and be glad in it. So they're rejoicing and they're glad and they're worshiping God. And then right after that, he decides he's going to go to the temple. And he goes into the temple courts and he finds some things that he doesn't like. I'm going to start in verse 12. Matthew 21 uh, verse 12. And it says this, Jesus enters the temple courts and drove out all those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. Jesus enters in and he drives out. I don't know when you entered into the parking lot today of church or what you were hoping to drive out. For some of you, maybe you hope to drive out doubt fear, anxiety, right? Maybe the spirit of unbelief. Maybe you've been struggling with stuff and the word says one thing and you're, an exper and you're experiencing another. And you're like, no, Lord, I'm going to stand on and lean on your word. Because Romans 8, 28 says that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. But help me, Lord, with my unbelief today. Help me get the doubt out. Whatever that is that you want to drive out today. Write it down. Put it at the altar, because we're going to leave it here today. But for Jesus, he was specific. Jesus was going to drive out greed. So the first point I want to talk about is flipping the tables of greed for generosity. Prayer over profit. Prayer over profit. The purpose of God's house is and will always be prayer. You know, his disciples asked him, Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray like you pray. And he says, pray like this. It starts off, our Father who art in heaven, holy be thy name. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. Some of you wake up every morning pre-forgiving people. Way to go. God bless you. I do. Because <laughs> he taught me how to pray that way. He, you know what? Guess what? Today's going to be a day where you're going to get to forgive somebody. So why not start now? Why not set yourself up when the enemy tries to set you back? Hey, I've already forgiven you. It's been done. Forgive us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. To thine be the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. I don't know if you've caught this, but this is not just our service order in the way that we do church. This should be the way that we do life. Always starting with prayer. Philippians 4, 6 to 9. Be anxious about nothing, but everything through prayer and thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God. Come on. That's how we should start our day. That's how we should start every way. And in our service order, we always start with praise and, and worship. Why? Because worship is our weapon. 
We give honor where honor is due. Plus, what we focus on is what we give power to. Never heard me say that before. And then you're going to see, like, yes, I'll talk about a problem. I'll talk about, hey, we're not afraid to be authentic. We're not afraid to be open. We know, hey, no perfect people allowed. For Romans says we've all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. We know we're coming into this place of grace, okay? So here we are, Lord. Use me. But it'll always point to the message of the gospel, the forgiveness of sins. The good news. That's what it means, by the way. The good news. We start with prayer. We end with prayer. Everything we do comes back to our relationship and communication with God and with others. Prayer, prayer. We pray before we start. We pray during, <laughs> during always. We, we, we pray in our connect groups. We pray before we go out to Joshua House, Ruth and Naomi's. We pray while we're there. For the word says, never cease praying because there's power in prayer. When you're worrying, God is working. Cast your cares on him. He will renew your strength. You'll be able to rise up on wings like eagles. It's not time to be weary, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to run. It's time to run. And you'll notice at the end of our, our, our service, our time together, it's off to the patio. And yes, some people even pray on the patio. Some pray in your homes, which I hope we all do. And some are even praying in the workplace. Opportunities, oh, it's happening. In our men's group, our men are getting opportunities. Uh, uh, mechanics are getting opportunities to pray over, over the shop. Because people that don't even know God recognize something's up and they know who you are and what you stand for. And so they're calling you in. They're calling you out. And God is calling you to step up and pray. It says all those who were buying and selling. Buying and selling. When we come to church... We don't look to profit off of those that are hurting and those that need healing. We're not looking to sell our business in the midst of God's business, right? And when we show up in God's house, are we looking for just what we can get or what we can give? Because we know Proverbs eleven twenty four to 25 says the life of the generous gets larger and larger and the life of the stingy gets smaller. And those that refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And when we sow, what we sow is also what we reap. We come in, we know we'll receive, but we know we're more blessed to give than just to receive. Come on, right? You can, you can clap for that. Thank you, Jason. I see you up there. Thanks, brother. <laughs> You could clap any time for God's word. We know that this is a place that we, we come to worship, a place we come to praise, and of course, a place that we come to pray. It's, yes, it's a house of healing. It's a house of helping. But it's always a house of prayer. And notice how it wasn't just those that were selling, but also those that were buying that Jesus drove out. And I would caution you in this season, what and who are you buying into? It might have the appearance of one thing. It might have the appearance of good, but maybe it's not God. Be careful not to buy into a false belief. 
That's what they were doing. They were buying into a false belief. They were buying items, overpriced items needed for sacrifice. And get this, the sacrificial lamb is in the house. He walks right on in and they're too focused on the money that they can make than the maker. He's right there. Behold, the Lamb of God who comes to take away our sins is in the house of the Lord. And they're still so caught up on their method that they're missing the message. Someone say he's here. Right here. Right now. It's easy to, get, to, to buy into things, to buy into gossip, to buy into hearsay. And what I love, it specifically says the courts of the temple. Guess what I would say our courts are? We don't have basketball courts yet at the church just yet. Yet. But our courts are the patio. Our courts are the patio. Each and every one of you are the message before the message. They say people will make a decision about church. You are the church, by the way, in the first five minutes of showing up. And that's why I'm so passionate about the people on the patio. We purpose not to have our backs turned to those that are coming in that need it most. We purpose not to get caught up in gossip, theological debate. You know, because here's the thing. That would be cringy for anyone coming in, but even those that need Jesus the most. We purpose to be people over profit. We purpose to be the hands and the feet. We purpose to serve because in doing so, we are serving Christ. Again, our first act is not uh, to be served, but to serve. And I got to just give it up for you as a whole and a family in the body of Christ. The reports keep coming in and in and in and in and in and in again and again. Help me, Lord. With the authenticity of this church and its people and how you genuinely love. Thank you. Thank you. Because we're not here to play church. We're not here to just be friendly. We want to make friends. And most importantly, we want to become family. And I thank you guys for that. I thank you. We work hard to make it a come as you are kind of atmosphere so people can receive God's grace and God's love. But it's going to happen through his body. So thank you. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We overcome personal greed, self-ego, self-interest by looking for opportunities to be generous of our time, our energy, and yes, our finances. What we believe in is what we invest in. I'll say that again. What you believe in is what you invest in. Matthew 6, 21 says that where your treasure is, your heart will be also. We believe in this community. We believe in the hurting. We believe in those that are being labeled and rejected and don't have a place to come. This is their house. This is God's house. And we believe in the power of prayer. 1 13. Jesus says this, It is written... It is written, he said to them, my house will be called the house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. 
it is written. Again, his word versus some of the wants of the world. A den of robbers. Where do we rob God? Matthew 25, verse 40 says, Just as you do to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do unto me. Malachi 3.8, check this out. Watch this. Malachi 3.8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. What we give to God is meant for his people. It's meant to make a difference in the community. How will they look, how will they know him but by our love for one another? Where your treasure is, your heart is also. Second is flipping the tables of those who plunder for those who pray. That's a good flip, right? Less plundering, more praying. I, I perso- personally applaud and promote those that pray. Especially those that will gather together in community, will gather in God's house and pray. Prayer is not a sacrifice, it is obedience. And yes, we can pray to God about anything, anytime, anywhere. And every time we gather, we pray. And I love it when I catch people praying. I don't want to interrupt it, but it's cool. You know, I've, I had somebody once come to me and say, oh, so-and-so is praying for so-and-so on the patio like it was a bad thing. Praise God. God bless you guys. You know, we got women that pray. We got men that pray. We got men that are, are dedicated and devoted Tuesday morning, 5.30 a.m. to pray. We've got lit crew, leaders in training, ages 12 to 17, that pray. They prayed before you, before you even came in here today. There's no age difference. This is a house of prayer. And I would encourage you Whatever comes in, whatever thought comes in, you take that thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I would encourage you, when that thought comes in and you look for an opportunity at what can I take, instead purpose to pray and ask God, what can I give? What can I give? Love covers a multitude of sins. Don't let the enemy take from you what was always yours in the first place. Your love, your peace, come on, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That was given to you. That's fruit of the Holy Spirit. Don't let him take it from you. Don't cause, don't let him, don't let the enemy cause you to become blind to your blessing. Come on. Every thought captive. So when the world looks to take, look what it is that, that you can give. Because little is much when God is in it. It could be a smile. It could be a a word of affirmation. It could be a touch. How else are people going to live up in a down world unless you get them looking up? If you do this, 
and you thank God in advance when you pray. And don't just pray for the ones that you like. Come on. Pastor Charmaine says, you have to love everybody, but you don't have to let everybody in. (laughs) But pray for those that persecute you. Pray for those that wrong you. When you do it, you'll be set up and you'll be set free. Verse 14. So this is what happens then. So remember, Jesus is flipping table. He's making whips. He's driving out the money changers, the buyers and the selling. And he's saying, hey, you've made my house a house of robbers. This is a place of prayer. Then guess what happens? People start coming in that need healing. The blind and the lame, they came to him at the temple and they were healed. Next time you get angry, put that passion in the right place. Put that passion for purpose. Turn that hurt into healing. Because lust takes but love gives. And that same place, the place of Jesus' hurt became their place of healing. You catch that? He was hurt, but he decided to combat the hurt with healing, with love. We know that the scripture says that there's three things that we'll struggle with in this life. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And God is asking us to lay those things down. This is the blind and the lame. They come to Jesus and they're healed. There are many that are blind. Physically, yes but sometimes also mentally and even spiritually. And they're in need of healing. There are those that are blind in false belief. There are those that are blind and have been misled on what love is. Most importantly, who love is. John 15, 13 says that there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for another friend. 1 John 4 tells us that that God is love. So how can they or how can we truly receive or give love if we haven't truly received it? You see, we live in a world of a, a counterfeit culture. I don't know if you've noticed that. A counterfeit culture, especially when it comes to love. It wraps up and and displays lust and calls it love. And just because you put a label on something does not make it so. As I mentioned before, I just came from Cuba. And when you sit on the beach at Cuba, every now and then someone's going to come and try to sell you a Cuban cigar. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know, this gentleman offered me some Cubans and the price almost seemed too good to be true. It was. But they were labeled Cohiba. They looked legit. They had the label on it. But something inside me told me that it was fake. And you know, I'm not a smoker, but I thought this would be a great example for everyone. We had an opportunity to go to Havana and tour a cigar-making shop. And there's some differences when you see how they do it. One, they're rolled by hand. They use a certain tobacco leaf. And then there's something really interesting about 
Cuban cigars, Cohiba cigars, the real deal, is they have a consistent burn. They won't go out. If you burn a fake cigar, and one of the tourists showed me, one of our friends at the, at the hotel showed us, hey, Charmaine, showed us the difference because the fake will always go out. But the authentic one, the counterfeit one goes out, but the authentic one will always keep burning. That is God's love. It keeps burning for you. It never goes out. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. But I'll tell you this, some of us have bought into the lie that lust was love. It was labeled as love. But here's the thing. After a while, even though it's disguised, you will become disgusted. Because after a while, all it does is take and take and take. And if all it does is take, it must be fake. Because love gives, lust takes. Verse 15, but when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things that Jesus did, and get this, children, the children were shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David! You think that the, the chief priests would be happy? They were indignant. Just stand with me. True love is authentic. It is real. It keeps no record of wrong, endures all things, always hopes for the best, looks for the best. Love never fails. But here's the thing. Man-made religion will look for rights Jesus' style of relationship looks for redemption. A signs, signs of a generous church are this. Prayer, healing, and children in the house. <laughs> prayer, healing, and children in the house. Children in the house. Last Sunday, we had over a hundred children in the house of the Lord. I asked you at the beginning, what gives? Love gives. I hope you will do the same with us as a church. We will be known as a generous church. And this season is our opportunity to be generous. We have people, we have families that need help. We're going to show them Christ in Christmas. Let the gifts keep coming in. Let the money for food keep coming in. We're going to bless families like never before. Because the gospel at its heart is generosity. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word today. Thank you that we get to give. Thank you, Lord, that we can come as we are. Lord, we give you permission now to flip over and turn over tables, 
tables of mistrust, tables of disobedience, the tables of lies, tables of insecurity. Lord, turn over whatever needs to turn over for your truth so it can stand on your love. So you can place more things on it, not just so that we can be blessed, but we can invite others around the table to be blessed. Just stay in this moment, all eyes closed. This is a holy moment right now. I don't know if you're feeling it, but I'm feeling it. If you got a table that you can picture that needs turning over, it's going to take trust. And Jesus, he flipped the table of sin for salvation. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it by your strength. But you can do it by his spirit. And Romans 10, 9 tells us that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, if we believe that God the Father raised his son from the grave, we will be saved. And I want this to be your table flipping moment right here, right now. Just invite God in. That table might feel so heavy right now, but trust me, with him, all things are possible. Would you just repeat this prayer after me? Say, dear Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready to flip this table. I'm ready to lay down this weight. I believe that you died for me, that you died for my sins. Would you forgive me? I believe that you overcame the grave, sin and death. And now I'm inviting you in to my heart, to my life. I thank you. My past is past. And I thank you for a new strength in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stay in the moment. Eyes closed. In the moment. Thank you, Lord. If this message spoke with relevance to you in this season, if God's word, most importantly, spoke to you, either to where you are or what you're going through or what you've been through, would you just give Give me a hand up right now. Hands up all over the house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The second is this. Put your hands down. If you invited God into your life to be Lord over your life, help you flip this table. Would you just give me a thumbs up, hands up right now? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Oh. <laughs> Pastor Charmaine, come up here, please. <laughs> you can open your eyes right now. I, I still want to respect uh, the moment that we're in. Um, we get to do this. I believe that somebody right now just needs, you mentioned this before, but just take a deep breath in and breathe out. You're going to notice a difference. Do it one more time. Big breath in. Now, some of you literally feel a little lighter right now. 
Some of you are going to breathe a little better right now. Some of you have just been given clarity and have given a load off. And if that is you, all eyes are open. Just put your hands up. Say, that's me. I feel lighter. Thank you, Jesus. Something's been lifted off me right now. That's for his glory and for his honor. I want you to see this because this is a testimony. God is in the business of taking those tests and turning them into testimony. And as we worship and press in, just keep reading that that's for you and you haven't received that yet. Lean into his word. Lean into the name that is above every other name. And give him praise. We're about to do a new song. (laughs) Psalm 33, verse 3. Behold, I sing a new song. New song. Isaiah 43, 19. I do a new thing. He's making a way in the wilderness. And part of your way is stepping into God's. And at College Street here, we believe in discipleship. And one of the steps of discipleship is baptism. You want to tell them what that's about? Yeah, you bet. Well, in the Word of God, it does say to be baptized. So as one of our first steps in discipleship, it's making that um, both public and also representation of when Jesus went to the cross, he took all of our sin, all the sin that ever was and all the sin that ever will be, and he dealt with it in that moment. You know, and as humans, we often just keep trying to do it ourselves, just be good enough, just, you know, strive for it. And it's not that we don't try to be good people, but it's not to accomplish what Jesus already did. And so when we get baptized, We go under the water. Baptism means to be fully immersed and you come out of the water. It's really quick, but it's a symbol when Jesus went to the cross and then he died for us and when he rose again. So he died, dealt with sin, it's there. It stays buried. And we come up, raised to new life in Christ and the authority of sin is gone. It's dead in the water. Yeah. So we're going to give an opportunity for that as we sing this song. And as we were praying this morning, I just really felt a reminder that our God is a God of suddenlies. And so when we talk about flipping the tables, it's like God is good. He wants to. He wants to turn some things around for people in this room today. So I just encourage you as you reach out your hands in worship and, or as you pray in your seat or as you come forward for baptism, whatever it is, just receive in faith that God is turning things around in this moment. You're not going to leave this place changed today in the name of Jesus. All right. So let's worship. Pastor Charmaine and I will be down there. We'd love to baptize. It would be an honor. Come forward at any time. Let's worship God. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.